The Guardian. Support for this Guardian podcast comes from Squarespace, providing creative tools that help you bring your ideas to life. Squarespace offers free domain names, customizable designs, and 24-7 support. Go to squarespace.com and use the offer code GUARDIAN to get 10% off. The Guardian Books Podcast with Claire Armistead. As the season of literary log rolling draws to its close, we take a satirical look at eight of the big books of the year with The Guardian's John Crace and try to digest what they reveal about the state we're in at the end of 2013. Today's digested read is The Cuckoo's Calling by Robert Galbraith, an unknown writer whose crime debut was quietly released in the spring, but who was later revealed to be none other than J.K. Rowling. The buzz in the street was like the humming of flies. Snow fell steadily as a large group of paparazzi stamped their feet on the pavement that was as icy as frozen water, hoping to snap the body of the young supermodel Lula Landry, who had just jumped to her death from the balcony of her Mayfair apartment. Cormoran Strike's eyes were as chilly as the world outside. His prosthetic leg ached in the chilly chill. He had just split up with his wealthy girlfriend and he was down to his last three shillings. He sucked deeply on a cigarette, pondering a future that looked as empty as a room with no furniture. Just then, the office doorbell rang. Hello, said a young woman who, to Cormoran's trained eye, looked as if she might be engaged to an accountant named Matthew. I'm your new PA. I can't really afford to pay you, but what the hell? he said, as rashly as someone with a bad case of shingles. He extended his hand like one of those ladders that came apart to make a longer one. Cormoran Strike. That's an unusual name, she said. Every fictional PI has a silly name. Mine just happens to be an anagram of J.K. Rowling. Not many people know that. Cormoran smiled like a person who had just heard something funny. What's yours, by the way? Robin. It's an anagram of Borin. My father is the ageing pop star Johnny Rokeby and my mother was a super groupie who died of a heroin overdose. But I don't want to talk about that as the memories are still as painful as the leg of mine that was blown off in Afghanistan. I will never mention that again, said Robin, as sincerely as one of the most sincere people you can imagine. What would you like me to do now? Nothing much. I haven't had any work for at least six months. Just then, a stranger blustered his way into the office like a spring squall on a blustery day. I'm John Bristow, he said eventually. My adopted sister was Lula Landry. The police are calling her death suicide, but I think it was murder. I want you to investigate. Why me? Cormoran asked, as existentially as John Paul Sartre. Because, though you may not remember... Thirty years ago, you were friends with my adopted brother, who died by riding his bike over a cliff when he was ten. That all makes perfect sense, Cormoran said, as grimly as one of the brothers grim. This is so exciting, cried Robin. Where do we start? There are two types of detective fiction, Cormoran explained. In one, the writer keeps the action flowing and the pages turning. In the other... The detective just wanders around aimlessly talking to every character in the book before announcing who the killer is. Great! Shall I get my gun? 
We're the second type, actually, Robin. Now, could you arrange for me to talk to Lula's junkie boyfriend, a black rapper, a film producer, members of her family, a dress designer called Guy, whose name is pronounced Guy, a homeless depressive named Rochelle, and a mysterious African who may be the victim's real father? The days passed slowly, but slowly as Cormoran's extensive knowledge of the London transport system allowed him to navigate his way across the city in search of his quarry. I can't help you with nothing, said Rochelle, the homeless depressive. I think you'll find you just have, Cormoran said, as knowingly as the Dalai Lama. Then, on page 320, something finally happened. Something has finally happened, Robin exclaimed. There's a maniac on the loose, said Cormoran. It doesn't feel like it. London is in the same amount of danger that would result from the traffic lights at the Old Street roundabout failing for five minutes. Hooray, yelled Robin. You've solved the murder. Isn't it odd that the killer is always the one you suspect the least? There's just one thing I don't get. Isn't it a coincidence that J.K. Rowling's cover was blown before the book went into paperback, meaning the publisher could maximise hardback sales when people were going on holiday. So that was The Cuckoo's Calling by Robert Galbraith, in a version by John Crace, our very own digester, who joins me here in the studio. John, this, as we all know, is in fact none other than J.K. Rowling. And you're pretty hard on the sort of fiction that she's writing. Tell us a bit of the backstory. For me, the interest is always in the differential between the hype and the reality. So had this book really just been by Robert Galbraith, I A, wouldn't have bothered to digest it to start with. And B, it would have been just another average thriller as far as I was concerned and fair dues. But it's not. It's by J.K. Rowling. The news was conveniently leaked one way or another, I suspect by her publisher, before it went into paperback so they could maximise hardback sales before going into paperback. Whoever leaked it, I don't think she did. I think also that a number of reviewers were sort of caught on the hop by this because reviewers don't like being caught out in this way and have sort of fallen over themselves to say that it's actually better than it really is. I think it's a passable, okay thriller, but it's sort of no better than that. Some of the writing is very kind of clunky, the metaphors don't work. And in the way she drives her plot, it's actually very static. A lot of thrillers, you know, they're they're kind of pacey. There's an art to writing uh, thrillers that I don't think she has. She's just got this character who goes around in a sort of ambling sort of way, chatting to various people in an Agatha Christie kind of way, and then has a sort of Hercule Poirot-like denouement. And there's almost nothing original or exciting going on, I didn't think. Are there any things that you can spot in the writing that are obviously J.K. Rowling-esque? And some of the people who reviewed it when it was still Galbraith um, pointed out that this male, apparently, writer was unusually attuned to female fashion, for example. I don't think I would have picked that up. I mean, the only thing that I could pick up in hindsight is that I think she has a kind of 
slightly clumsy, as I was saying, clumsy use of metaphor. She overwrites in a kind of writerly way. And if I was to give, I mean, you know, why should she take any advice from me? You know, she's the one with billions in the bank and she's doing very nicely as she is. But I would suggest that she just sort of relaxes a bit more and tries to be less like a writer and just sort of be more of a storyteller. Another thing that that was pointed out, in fact, in the Guardian review by Mark Lawson, is her use of adverbs and adjectives. You've talked of metaphors, but not so much about the actual um, phrasing. There is a kind of sense that she will use four instead of two. And it does sort of pile it on. And the effect is almost always to deaden the sense she's trying to create. I kind of feel that this is an editorial problem because when you know that you've got J.K. Rowling writing for you and her editors will have done, the reluctance to edit and to tell her that actually maybe you could finesse it this way, I think it becomes increasingly harder the more famous the writer is. But this isn't a self-indulgent book like the seventh Harry Potter was, is it? It's not massive. It's a very comely, thriller-sized book. Yeah, it's not overly long and sort of expository in that way. But I kind of think her prose holds up the book rather than carries you forward. Is this the next era for for J.K. Rowling? Well, I think that her hero, Corcoran Strike, or is it Cormoran Strike, He's got a name for a series, hasn't he? You know, I think JK has indicated that there will be more of these books to come. Maybe she'll get better at it. I mean, it's not bad. I just think it's passable. Well, Mark Lawson, who reviewed it in The Guardian, might disagree with you. He described it as an enjoyable, highly professional crime novel. No doubt it'll be on people's Christmas lists. I'm sure it will. I'm equally sure that uh, there's many other things that Mark and I disagree on. Who's Calling by Robert Galbraith, a.k.a. J.K. Rowling, is published by Sphere. As fans of John Crace's Digested Read will know, the column customarily signs off with the Digested Read Digested. Aptly enough, for this time of year, this one is The Golden Goose's Calling. Support for this Guardian podcast comes from Squarespace, providing creative tools that help you bring your ideas to life. Squarespace offers free domain names, customizable designs, drag and drop tools, and 24-7 support. Squarespace also offers seamless e-commerce solutions for you or your small business. Every design automatically includes a unique mobile experience that matches the overall style of your website, so your content will look brilliant on any device. Start your free trial today, no credit card required. As a Guardian podcast listener, you'll get 10% off your new account by using the offer code GUARDIAN. For more great downloads, go to theguardian.com audio.